All right. Good morning, everybody. It is indeed a good morning. I didn't even say anything. These people are just filled up with the Holy Spirit this morning. Man, something about a Hawkeye victory just makes you want to... Just kidding. So if you don't know, I am a diehard Hawkeye fan, and I walk into the building this morning uh, with a Cardinal shirt on. So I love my wife that much, people. That's... That's why I'm, I'm wearing that. So actually, it's the only decent piece of Hope gear that I have. So I just kind of feel like going casual. It's casual Sundays here uh, at Hope Des Moines. But it is, it is a very, very good day. Uh, you know, just not only because God's team won. It's just that's just the start. Uh, just the start of the weekend. Um, but, but I do have some compassion. You do know that because my wife and I were, were a house divided. And so our children have just been very, very confused this week. They're, they're, they're grandpa and grandma's either side of the family or house divided, so they're just very concerned. So this is our son, Caleb, with his split jersey. He's so confused. He doesn't know who to cheer for. He's like, Hawks, clones? I don't know. So uh, his aunt uh, just made him a half jersey of each. So it says Hawk clones on the back. Uh, so uh, he cheers for that. So uh, if you're wondering why I'm wearing a Cardinal shirt today, people, it's because I'm on God's team. Amen? That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. It doesn't matter. You know, I've been talking to people this morning that were so fired up yesterday, and they're like, hey, what'd you think of the game? And they're like, eh. You know why I'm excited? Because it's rally weekend, people, and we're here and we're worshiping the living God. Amen? So we have much to be thankful for, to praise him for, uh, that is so much bigger than a football game. I was thinking about it last night. We, <laughs> we tailgated in the, in the church lobby, for those of you that, that uh, know kind of what we do on Saturday nights. But we'd never done it before. We had like uh, yard games and bag toss, and we had tailgate food in, in the church. You see, you're missed out on Saturday night. You should come uh, more often. And we had that, and people were like, leaving uh, last night. I would say half the people were like, go Hawks, you know, go clones or whatever. And then there were some people that I could tell that after I talked to them after worship, they were just fired up about Jesus. And I don't say that to be cheesy. I don't say that to be cliche. It just got me thinking like, what if we were that fired up about worship every single week? What if we could not wait to come and be a part of this team? Because that's really what we are. There's something powerful about that. You could sense it all week as we're leading up, you know, uh, the schools and the elementary schools and middle schools have pep rallies and, and all the schools, kids are wearing their jerseys and different things like that. And, and everybody's, you could, there's a sense of anticipation and excitement. If you watch it on TV, you could tell that, that they're in the stadium, the, the energy is building because they know something big is about to happen. There, there's something the reason that 75,000 people were there yesterday is because they want to be a part of it, right? They want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And I think deep down inside, every single one of us longs for the same thing as well. And that's really what today is all about. Like I said, it is rally weekend here at Hope at all of our campuses, which means it's kind of the official kickoff of a lot of our groups and classes. Hope Kids is launching into a new year. They're rocking it out up there uh, right now in all of their classrooms. And uh, so thankful for the teachers that are doing that uh, right now uh, as well and giving their time uh, for that. But rally weekend, some of you are thinking, rally, like what's, is this some like weird Lutheran thing like Green Jello and Garrison Keeler, or you know what's going on with the rally thing? It's not so weird. It's just like for the last uh, you know several hundred years, the church has kind of just done this thing, and really in the last few decades, it's really become this thing where churches kind of say, "Okay, you've all been away for the summer. Y'all come back now, right? 
You know, everybody come back because we haven't really done anything during the summer and you should all come back to church now that school's back in session in the fall. The thing is, this is never really applied at Hope because you don't let it apply because God has been doing amazing things through you the entire summer. And I think before we just press on and say, now we're into the fall, we get so busy that we forget to slow down and thank God for the last three or four months that it has been. Do you know that in the last three months, this is just a few of the highlights of what God did and what people think is the off-season of the church. We had over 200 adults and kids packing out this place, screaming their lungs out, praising Jesus during this revival that we call Vacation Bible School. And so many of you were able to be a part of that. We had a party in the parking lot and invited the whole neighborhood to come hang out with us here. And we had an awesome art event where local artists got to share their talents here in the building uh, as a part of that as well. Just a couple, uh, well, wait, not to mention our school supply drive that we did, over 150 backpacks for local elementary school kids that didn't have school supplies. Uh, and then then uh, our, our baptisms at the river that we did a few weeks ago, folks, 55 people were baptized at the river. Praise God for that. How cool is that? Um, Amanda's getting the job done up there. And then if that wasn't enough, as if we'd, God didn't do enough things this summer, uh, a couple months ago, we, we were approached with a proposal of, hey, would you guys maybe like to start a preschool? And we're like, oh, yeah, sure, that'd be fun. You know, we'd start t telling kids about Jesus from a really young age, you know, start a Christian preschool here in the building. Yeah, we'll totally figure it out. You know, maybe there'll be, you know, 10 or 12 kids to start. We kicked it off this past week. 60 kids are in this building every single day for Hope Christian Preschool. So God doesn't take the summer off, and neither do we. Amen. So praise God for that, and here's the, here's the most amazing thing. I believe that the best is yet to come. It is rally weekend, which means God is calling us back together from wherever we've been, and that is the power of a team, the power of rallying together, whether you're the church or whether you're a football team. And I'll have to be honest with you, my favorite part of the game yesterday was not the shellacking that uh, was put on. Did I just say that? Oh, sorry. That was my inside voice. Um, my favorite part of the game, and it is every year and actually every football game that I watch, when you get to see it a little bit before the game kicks off, it's long before the kickoff. It's when the teams come running out of the locker room and then they spread out across the field, you know, 60, 70 guys on each team, and they're all in their positions and they're all doing their things all over the field. And then at some point, a few minutes before the game, the coach blows the whistle. Okay? Now, I'll just use the Hawkeyes as, as a reference uh, here as we get go. It just for, you know, purpose's sake. And so the Hawkeyes uh, come together, and they all reach their hands up together, and they start, you know, going, oh, you know, being guys and stuff like that. They come together, and in that moment, other than the name on the back of their jersey about what their name is, it does not matter where they came from. It does not matter if where their background is. It doesn't matter uh, if they're a first stringer, if they're a, an All-American, or if they're a bench warmer. It doesn't matter what position they play. When they all come together, they are one team. For the next few hours, what matters is that they were Iowa Hawkeyes. For the next few matters, what matters is that you were an Iowa State Cyclone, depending on what team you're on. And in that moment, they are a unified team with a unified mission. And if you think about it, that could be no more true of us today on this rally weekend. Just take a moment right now. I know it's kind of weird, and maybe you're sitting next to people, and you're like, I'm just going to look straight forward because there's kind of a weird person sitting next to me here this morning. Just look around the room awkwardly right now. Just turn around, look at the people next to you, get to know each other a little bit. Just look at each other. Don't say anything. Just stare at each other awkwardly. That's right. just want to make you feel really uncomfortable here this morning. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, folks. We could not be a more diverse congregation 
There are people from all different backgrounds. There are people that have uh, uh, church backgrounds or no faith background at all. There are people here from the city, from the suburbs. There are people with different social stances than you. There's people with different political views than you. And so we're going to go around the room and share those, right? I'm just kidding, right? (laughs) There are people that are really, really young. And there are people that are really, really seasoned with wisdom, okay? (laughs) See what I did there, right? All over the place. There are people here with different preferences on worship styles, right? We could not be a more diverse group. And yet on this Rally Sunday, what I want to encourage with us is to major in the majors, is to focus on the things that unite us rather than divide us. Folks, we have a lot more in common than we do apart. We are better together. And yes, there was a big game this weekend with a couple teams that we all root for, but at the end of the day, I want to be on God's team. Amen? I want to be with him. Wherever he's going, I want to be with him. And we are united in Christ in that sense. There's one thing that we have all in common, and it's Jesus and the fact that we are not perfect. You are sitting around a bunch of broken, messy, imperfect people, and if you are looking for a church where nobody's uh, uh, imperfect or where somebody's, nobody's going to offend you or you're going to have a, a bad run-in with something, this is not the church for you. I'm just telling you right now, we are broken, we are messy, we are sinful, we are imperfect people. What you see is what you get, right? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're stuck with me, baby. You're stuck with me. You're stuck with me, all right? And if we let those differences define us, then we'll get pulled apart. And if we stick to knowing Jesus and making him known, then amazing things are going to happen. And if you think about it, in our scripture that you heard uh, read today, the early church, or at least the beginnings of the early church, kind of had a rally Sunday as well. They kind of had a rally weekend as well. Long before the church even started, Jesus was planting the seeds for what the church Our church and any church is called to be about. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28 if you're not there already, or your your tablets or your Bible app on your phone or whatever you've got. I just encourage you to, if you're going to tweet, tweet about the sermon. So Matthew chapter 28. Matthew is the first book of the gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's going to be kind of in the back third uh, of your Bible. So it's here that we find the the followers of of Jesus are, are gathered around him one last time. And they're, they're gathered around, they're looking for some final words. Jesus has died on the cross, he's rose from the grave, and he's getting ready to ascend now up into heaven. And so, just as like a, a great coach or a great leader, you probably want to reserve some of your most important words and statements for the end, right? It would be really, really si- silly if Coach Ferentz gathered the, the Hawkeyes together, and, you know, right before the big Cyhawk showdown yesterday, and all the guys were together like, yeah, yeah, let's go! And then Coach Ferentz says, hey, do you guys like pancakes? You know, or like... What are you doing after the game? You know, like, no, he's going to say, like, come on, let's go. Like, he's going to rally the troops, right? This is Jesus's rallying cry as a great leader, as a great coach, okay? So we pick it up in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, you might say this was Jesus's rallying cry. This is his purpose statement, his mission statement that really launched the whole idea of what it means to be the church. You do know before the church had a mission, the mission of God had a church. Let me say that again, okay? Some of you, wait, wake up. I know, it's the early service, right? The church, long before the church decided, oh, what should we be about? God was on a mission, and he said, this is how you're going to carry out my mission. Plan A 
for carrying out my mission in the world is this thing called the church. And I am calling you to be a part of it. And notice what Jesus says. Notice what Jesus says. Make disciples. Jesus didn't say, go and build a big church building and then you'll be legit. Okay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Primarily, Jesus didn't say, go have a worship service and and go there once a week and sing some songs. Primarily, Jesus said, go and make disciples. So if we're kind of running with this football game, football team analogy a little bit, if you are a football team, you have to have a goal. Number one, right? You have to know what success is. How do we define success? If you are a football team, it would be absolutely silly, right, if, if uh, Coach Campbell for Iowa State is in the locker room with the, with the guys after the game yesterday and he says, guys, you know what? I really felt like today was a success because our uniforms were awesome. Just rocked it out there with the unis, right? We'd be like, what? No, the point of the game is to win, is to score more points than the other team. That's the point of football. When it comes to being the church, I know it sounds silly and, and elementary, But we often get so distracted by all these other things that are out there and all the demands on our time. Jesus' call on your life is to be a disciple who makes disciples. Repeat. That is the primary mission of your life and the primary mission of the church. That's what we have been called to, to look more and more like Jesus. And in a, in, a, in a church this big at Hope, and specifically here at Hope Des Moines with all the different services and all the different people, chances are that there are a lot of people in this room that have differing opinions even about what it means to be the church. Sometimes the danger is we get these myths going on in our head and we start showing up and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm, we would never say it out loud, but some of us come and we say, you know, this is where I come because it's a really good social time. I mean, this is where my friends and family are, and so this is the primary way that I uh, uh, connect with them, you know, and, and, and so it's just a really good social time. And the problem is that's not in the Bible, primarily. Yes, it's for fellowship, for this holy fellowship, this koinonia, but that's not the primary reason the church exists. Other people will say, you know, parents, if you're young parents like I am, you might say, oh, church, that's a great place to get my kids into their Sunday school program, and I can drop them off and just really get them started on the right foot. That's great. We love it that you're here, and we got so many kids upstairs. Not the primary reason we exist as a church. Others of you might say, well, you know, it's just kind of what I always do. It's a good thing to go to church. It's a good religious thing to do. Not the primary reason we exist as a church. We exist at Lutheran Church of Hope to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, to make disciples, to look more and more like Jesus and teach others to do the same. That's why we exist. That's our end zone. That's what we're headed towards. So if that's the goal in mind, how are we going to get there? Well, we need a team to do that, right? We need a team. We need a a starting lineup. We need a group of people that's going to move us and equip us to move in that direction. I was thinking about uh, this morning, we haven't introduced our staff here at Hope Des Moines to you in a long time, and they continue to grow. And so if you would, with a thunderous applause, if you would come and welcome up our amazing staff. Go ahead and bring, bring them on up. Hustle on up, you guys. Come on up. <laughs> They're running... They're running in from the rafters. Come on down. Awesome. Wow. 
they just won't stop. They really like you guys. I'm going to step down. There's just not enough room. Uh, and this isn't even all of them. We're missing a couple folks here today. But what I want to do is they're just going to go down the line, and I just want you to, to know them, the people that are, are on our staff, on our team, uh, and just share uh, your name and your position, and then just kind of what you do on a weekly basis. What, what are you here to do? So take it away. Uh, Jed Smith, um, when you don't see me here like on Sundays or Saturdays leading worship, I'm uh, working on court charts, music, running rehearsals, answering emails, and recruiting musicians, and stuff like that. Hey, um, <laughs> give it up for Jed. I'm Tim Sheff, and I'm the production coordinator here, and my job is to make sure that you can hear and see all of these people <laughs> on audio and video. My name is Kim Lamb, and I work in the area of hospitality and admin. I help people check in at the computers for Hope Kids Nursery and classes. I prepare beverages, behind-the-scenes tasks for both admin and hospitality. All right. Hi, I'm Jamie Lacona. I'm the Hope Kids coordinator, and I obviously work in children's ministry. I'm scheduling the volunteers, writing lessons, and then I get to be the one who gets to hang out with your kids when you all are here. I'm Katie Berger. I do admin and communications. I assist all of these people up here, and then I do a lot of emails and helping with the slides that you see up here and stuff like that. My name is Tiffany Annenson. I'm the operations director, and I am able to support all of the people up here as well, and the facility, and things like that. Woo! I'm Amanda Neppel, and I help with announcements. And then, <laughs> when I'm not doing that, uh, I am the discipleship director, so I help get folks connected and uh, plugged in with classes and life groups and that sort of thing. Awesome. One more round of applause for everybody. Thank you, guys. Awesome. And then the one person you don't see up here is our good friend Luis. Uh, and Luis is on our team. He's kind of our cultural ministry coordinator. And he's primarily working with uh, the Latino community here in Des Moines. It has a group started on Wednesday nights, uh, kind of a bilingual Bible study for couples. So if you're interested in that uh, or uh, know Spanish, you could join them uh, in that Bible study as well. But you would think, now first of all, we have an amazing staff. And I am absolutely honored to work with them. But in this football analogy, you'd think, oh, that's the starting lineup, right? They're the, they're the ones that are, are really important. They're the ones on the field and all of us sitting out here, we're just on the, the sidelines or up on the bleachers. They're the ones actually in the game. Scripture would beg to differ. In fact, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 for a second. Keep your finger in Matthew 28, but just hop over to Ephesians chapter 4. So just keep going to the right there. Ephesians is in the New Testament. And Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's trying to describe the role of the leaders and teachers of the church and then the role of God's people. And you'll be amazed by this. Listen to what he says here. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So he's talking about the role of the church people you just saw up here, right? Their role is, let's read this nice and loud together, verse 12 on the screen. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up right? So Paul is saying, and he's asking you this question, so are they the ones that get to have all the fun and do all the ministry? No, absolutely not. Their role is to equip who? You, his people for works of service. You get to get in on this. You are in the 
game. You are the team. You are the starting lineup. Their job, our job, is to support you and equip you and do everything that we can to help you follow God's call on your life. No matter what that looks like and how we can help you be disciples who make disciples. That's what Paul is saying. You are the starting lineup for Hope Des Moines. You are the team. And if you, in fact, if you go back and so flip back to Matthew chapter 28 and you look at the Great Commission, and Jesus is saying, go and make disciples. There's no asterisk by there that says, oh, uh, and unless you're disqualified, unless you've had a really bad time following Jesus and you've done some bad things recently. There's no disqualification there. There's no asterisk that says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, unless you're in a really busy season of life right now. You're still on the team. You're still in the game. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything I've commanded you, unless you're kind of new to the church or you're new to your faith. Then you're exempt. No, it doesn't say that. Jesus says, if you are going to follow me, this is my call on your life, to be disciples who make disciples. We are the team that has been called into action. So we have our goal to make disciples. We have our team, which is you, which is God's people, right? And so wouldn't it be helpful if we had a game plan? How exactly are we going to go about making disciples this school year? So I was just really getting really fired up with the game yesterday, and I just feel like in typical coach fashion, let me draw it up for you here on the board of what our game plan looks like. If you think about it, we've talked about a lot of times that the church is not primarily the building. The church is us, right? The church is people. But for the sake of this analogy, and just because I'm such an amazing artist, uh, this is my rendition of Hope Des Moines. So there you are with your cars outside like that, your hot dog cars. And so there you are at Hope Des Moines, right? The pri- I know, it's overwhelming, my ability. But uh, the primary way that people connect here at Hope Des Moines is through worship, whether that be on Saturday night or on Sunday morning. Everybody say worship. So people are coming in. This is kind of the game plan, and they come in. And we've got people coming from all over, from the east side, from the west side, from the south side, from the north side. Everybody, people are coming to worship. And they're coming in, and and you're kind of looking around on a morning like this and going, what, is this it? And that's the danger is that sometimes we stop there when it comes to our game plan for making disciples. Yes, it is absolutely important that you are here for worship, but there is so much more. The Bible goes on to say that there's this word koinonia, this holy fellowship, this feeling of being connected. So when you're here, we don't want you to just stop and say, well, I'm here, I'm, I'm satisfied. But to say, how do we connect with each other? Everybody say connect. We need to connect with each other. We were talking as pastors and leaders of Hope this week and kind of looking at what our big theme is going to be for 2017 and kind of putting the preaching schedule together and what themes are we going to hit on and Pastor Mike, our senior pastor, asked us as campus pastors at, at all of our campuses, if there was one big theme that we see that people need to hear the most, what are people struggling with the most right now as followers of Jesus here at Hope? What do we need the most? What is our culture showing us uh, around us? There was an overwhelming response. This theme stuck out above and beyond anything else. We don't really know each other. Or we don't know really how to connect with each other. Be in relationship, be in community, we say all day long. And I just want to ask you this morning, because I am working through this myself. Who knows you? Like, not just your name or your occupation, or hey, I'm sitting next to you in church. Who really knows you? Are, Are you connected? And this is why we're talking about joining life groups and getting connected or taking a class or whatever it is. 
Do we know how to be in community? That's what we're going to be talking about for 2017 is how do we grow? How do we get to know each other? So that's just a little sneak peek moving forward. But this is what Jesus calls us to, this koinonia, this connection of getting connected. So that's what we want to do. We want you to, to grow. We want you to be a part of the team and know each other. But it doesn't stop there either. We know as followers of Jesus, we want to continue to grow in our faith. Everybody say grow. So when you're here, we want you to grow. We want you to look more and more like Jesus. And that's why we've talked about this class called CORE, all these different classes. This is your best way to get connected, but then to continue to grow in your faith. Followers of Jesus don't stand still. We don't stand still. And so maybe it's connection, but maybe it's growing. I hear a lot of people say, John, I'm connected. I know some people, but I feel stuck in my faith. Like I'm not growing, something's happened to me, I've kind of grown stagnant in my faith, and I'm like, man, you should take one of our classes here. You should get to know some other people or or take a Bible study or grow, and they're like, yep, I've decided to do that. And then a couple weeks, a couple months go by, and I'm like, yeah, they never showed up. Life has a way of gobbling us up. If we don't set our priorities and say, these are, like Amanda said last week, these are the big rocks in my life, I'm going to build everything else around that. I found this quote this week from a pastor named Nikki Gumbel, who happens to be the author of the Alpha Course that a lot of you have taken. And it's not theological, or well, it kind of is. It's, it's not from the Bible, but I thought it was appropriate. So just picture this image. Five frogs are sitting on a log. Four decide to jump off. How many are left? Five. Because there's a difference between deciding and doing. I know, I just blew your mind. Some of you are going to be thinking about that one on the way home, right? There's a difference between, oh, what a great and novel idea, and doing it, and taking that step of faith. Jesus didn't say to Peter when he was out on the water, hey, Peter, why don't you think about walking on the water? He said, let's go. He didn't say to the disciples, why don't you think about following me? He said, now, now, today is the day of your salvation, Jesus says in Scripture. Take that step. Deciding and doing are two different things, and maybe today is the time for you to connect or grow. And yet, if we ended there, it would be incomplete as well. Because what we see in Scripture, that when people start walking with Jesus and get filled up by his love, they can't contain it. They can't keep it to themselves. And so we actually, these arrows in our game plan of what it means to be the church go right back out. This is a healthy church, and we go back out and we serve. Everybody say serve. Jesus says, the greatest among you will be a servant. The most mature people at Lutheran Church of Hope serve. People that are making the coffee, the people that are teaching your children right now, the people that are wiping up coffee stains on the floor, the people that were here early getting breakfast ready for our guests. Jesus says, you want to be great? You want to make an impact with your life? Get outside of yourself. Look to the needs of others. And this amazing thing happens. When you turn away from your selfish desires and start looking to the desires of others, you actually get filled up. It's this amazing thing. We die to ourselves. We live for Jesus. So that's the game plan. Worship, connect, grow, and serve. So just to review, I just wanted to walk it through in typical football coach fashion. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to come from Ankeny and Altoona and Urbandale and West Des Moines and Grimes and Johnston and Des Moines and Windsor Heights and wherever you're from. And we're going to come here to Hope Des Moines. You can come on Saturday. You can come on Sunday. Uh, all sorts of places uh, to, we're coming from. When you're here, you're not just going to worship. You're going you're to worship, but then you're going to find some people that you know, and you're going to connect, and we're going to get together. 
together and you're going to join a life group and you're going to take the core class and then you're going to take some other classes and as you get in a life group, you're going to grow and you're going to start to activate your faith and then when you start to activate your faith, you can't keep it to yourself and then you're just going to head on out and you're going to start to serve in all these ministry areas and it's going to be awesome and then C.J. Beathard's going to line up over here and he's going to throw a long touchdown pass over here to Matt Vandenberg. Touchdown, people! Amen, right? That's what it's going to be, okay? Absolutely as clear as mud, right? Sorry for the ending. I just added that in for fun. But that is what we are called to do. Worship, connect, grow, serve. So we have this game plan. We don't want to just tell you about it. We want to show you how to do it. So on your chair today, there is a little brochure that looks like this. Join the team. You're not on the sidelines. You're not in the bleachers. You are in the game. And so this is pretty much uh, most of the ways that you can get involved here at Hope Des Moines. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day to get in the game. Today is the day to activate your faith. And I would just encourage you to start just to look through that, even right now. I'm giving you permission. You don't even have to look at me. Just listen to my voice as you look through that and all the different ways there are to serve. Depending on what your gift set is, depending on what your passion is, we just encourage you to look through that. And as you're doing that, what I want to encourage you with then is there's a uh, kind of a cardstock piece of paper that has a football, image of a football, and a couple lines on it for you to fill in on your chair. During the remainder of the message today, what I want you to think about is what is God calling me to do? How is God calling me to get in the game? For some of you, you're already doing it. You are an incredible church, and you're serving in so many ways. And my encouragement to you is if you're doing that already, then write that down. God is calling me into the game through fill in the blank. But if you're not, here's what I want to challenge you with today. Pray this prayer. God, what do you want to do through me to bless this church? Not in a guilt trip or pressure-filled sort of way, just in a, a natural obedience and response to God, filling up your heart with his love. God, how do you want me to respond to that? God, how do you want me to be a part of the game plan? God, how have you called me to connect, grow, serve? Maybe it's starting with your primary ministry, which is loving your spouse. Spending time with your kids, showing them what Jesus looks like, your grandkids, whatever it looks like. Maybe it's a hug, a handshake, a smile, a high five here at Hope Des Moines. Maybe it's what you're already doing, like I said. Maybe it's one of those ministry areas in that brochure. Where is God calling you to get out of yourself, get beyond yourself, and start to serve? Maybe today it's taking that step and taking the core, signing up for the core class. Maybe it's the, the new member class coming up at 1230 today taking that step and joining God's family, committing to a group of people. And yet, as you think about that, there's Sharpies under there when you kind of land on what you want to write down. We're going to do something with that at the end of the service today, so don't, don't toss those or anything like that. You'll, you'll want it. You'll need it. As you continue to think and pray about that, the reality is that for some of you, you don't feel like you're in the game. Guys brought out a bench up here on stage this morning, and some of you are like, well, is that if you get tired or something? No. The reality is I would love to say, hey, you're in the game this morning. The reality is for a lot of you, you are right here. Whether life put you here by circumstances that you can't control or you just took yourself out of the game. You feel disconnected. You feel far away from God. You feel disqualified because of something that you've done in the past. I could never participate in anything that you're... I could never lead anything, I hear a lot. I don't know enough. There's something going on in my life that I... I'm, 
I'm too broken, I'm too messed up. You don't want me on the team, John. I feel here a lot too. I feel disconnected from God sometimes. Like, man, where are you? God, this isn't going well in my life. Life just seems so hard. And the reality is, Jesus knows exactly where you are this morning. Do you know that he knows you better than anyone else? He knows where you're at, and yet he refuses to leave you there. And nobody knows that better than a guy I want to introduce you to called Malcolm Perry. So last Saturday, there was a college football game that the Naval Academy was playing. And their starting quarterback is named Tago Smith. And so Tago, is there, he's a really good player, and there he is. He's on crutches, as you can tell, which is not good if you are a college football player, right? So a little towards the, the end of the, the first half, he just gets nailed. And I don't know what the injury is, but he is on crutches. He is out for the game. And so you would think, like, okay, it's, now it's time to put the backup quarterback in, right? Do you want to know where the backup quarterback is? I kid you not. In the bleachers. In his full Navy garb, okay? And the backup name is Malcolm Perry. Now, Malcolm Perry didn't suit up because he was terribly sick. That they're like, well, if something drastic happens, then, you know, we'll have the punter go in or, you know, just have somebody hand the ball off or whatever. But the first guy was so good that they just had him up in the bleachers. He needs to go in the game now. And so it's so close to halftime that during halftime, the head coach, I kid you not, this is a true story. You can look it up. The coach sends somebody up to get him from the stands, from the bleachers, and says, uh, we need you. And he goes down to the locker room and he gets suited up. And now he is the starting quarterback for the Naval Academy. Leads him to victory the rest of the game. If there is no clearer picture and the message that the coach sends to this guy, uh, hey, Malcolm, you are needed. It is so easy to look around a church like Hope and say, wow, they're growing and they have five campuses and there's all this stuff going on. I'm sure they got everything covered. It's really not about whether we have everything covered. It's about what God wants to do in and through you. This is between you and him. This isn't like a volunteer plug. This is like, are you going to be who God created you to be? God created Malcolm Perry to be a football player, and there he is, and now he knows he can do it. You are needed. You are in the game, and God is saying that to every single one of us this morning. You are needed. The message could not be any clearer. You are no longer a spectator. You are in the game. You are in the game, and I see talking about this game, and I think it's easy on a day like today, you know, as you look through that brochure and as you're looking at your piece of paper, and I want you to think about that because there's a couple minutes here we're going to use we're going to use those, so this is an all play for everybody. As you think about what you're going to fill in, it's easy to think oh, they just want me to sign up for a class. They just need more volunteers. It's just a shameless plug, you know. It's more than that because life isn't a game. A couple months ago, well, actually, at the beginning of 2016, you know, we, we do this core class I've been telling you about, and we partner with West Des Moines campus, and so I was out there teaching, and one of the guys who was taking the class was a guy named Rich. And Rich um, is, is, is retired, he's 67, and him and his wife have been a part of Hope for a few years, and really starting to activate his faith. He was just getting into it. And he decided to take this core class, and a part of the core class, we dig into your identity and who you are in Christ. Talk about how to follow Jesus on a regular basis. And a couple months into the class, Rich is in this men's group that's doing it together. And 
about a month into the class, Rich is in a terrible car accident and dies. And a lot of us knew him pretty well, and I remember standing up and teaching the class just like this and just looking out, and there's Rich. At 67, never missed a beat, was so fired up about his faith. And we were meeting with his, his wife, his widow Linda, now, and she was reading us some things that Rich, he was always writing things on his core manual from the class. And she said, I want to share something with you, some of you that were leading this class, about his experience with the church. So these are Rich's words about a month before he, he died. Not knowing what would happen, Rich wrote, I know now more than ever that life is precious and I want to make the most of it. I've never felt closer to Jesus and that's because I took the leap, because I took the step and I started giving my time and I, 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 I'm, I'm taking this core class and God is, he says, God is changing me from the inside out. He said, I used to be so wrapped up in myself, never looking to serve. And then he, get this, after 67 years, I think I'm finally discovering who I am. It's never too early to activate your faith. It's never too late to get serious about your faith. I'm finally discovering who I am. I am a son of God. 67-year-old man is saying this. And then he ends this little part of his journal by saying, and I'm so glad I didn't sit this one out. Gosh, guys, you never know, right? Life, guys, goes by so quickly, and I just want to challenge you this morning to think, what are you doing with your time? Are you spending your days on things that matter? Put down your phone once in a while and look around you. Don't just pop in and pop out. Allow yourself to be known. Get to know the brothers and sisters in Christ that are sitting next to you today because you never know. Life is way too precious to go through the motions. Does anybody know you? Are you activating your faith? And I just want you to, this isn't about core. This isn't about Lutheran Church of Hope. This is about Jesus and the fact that he is changing lives around here. Amen? And I want you to be a part of that. I don't, I don't want you to miss out on that. Like, I am so ready for heaven. But you know what? We get the opportunity to bring bits and pieces of heaven to earth now. Go and make disciples. Get in the game. Activate your faith. Find your role on the team. And so as you look at that card in front of you and you think about what to write, just ask God, what's my next step? What are you calling me to? This isn't a game. This is real life. Because at the end of the day, we can have a goal in mind. We can have a great team. We can have, uh, know what our success is. We can have a great game plan. But if there's nothing behind it, if there's nothing motivating us, then we're not going to go anywhere. And that's why Jesus says, as we visit that Matthew 8, uh, chapter 28, one last time, Jesus says in verse 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And that word authority in the original Greek is exousia. Everybody say exousia. Oh, say it like you mean it. Exousia. It means power. It means influence. And, and, and usually is, is, is used to describe 
God, not just any power, like, ooh, I'm powerful, but like divine power, divine influence. Exousia, everybody say exousia. You can say it if you run into somebody in the hallway. Exousia, right? Excusia. That's just a free tip, right? You guys got to know something. Same power, the same exousia that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you this morning lives in us. That's what we sang about this morning, right? That's the gospel that Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again. Not so we could sit back and say, I'm a religious person. I attend worship once in a while. He came so that you could activate your faith and maybe before you turn 67, discover who you are. And if you're past 67, it's not too late either. Activate your faith. Get in the game. Don't miss this opportunity. Today is the day of your salvation, Jesus says. Power, not just any kind of power. I'm talking about talking about soul power. You know what I'm saying? Something deeper. There was a movie that came out several years ago. One of the best football movies of all time is called Remember the Titans. You remember this one? And towards the middle of the movie, there's this, this, this conversation that happens between these two guys. A lot of the movie centers around diversity and race and how we got to come together. We got to rally together as a team. And so these guys come together and the team realizes that we are so different and we are so diverse. And yet the one thing that brings us together is this mission to be a great team. And nothing could be truer of us today. So as you watch this last clip from Remember the Titans, picture us as a church coming together and saying, what kind of power you got? We got soul power. Let's take a look. What kind of power you got? Soul power, right? And we have the victory, folks. Jesus has won the victory. We have the game plan. We have a team. We have a goal in mind. We have got exousia. We've got some soul power. And there is nothing, not even the gates of hell, Jesus says, will prevail against the church. And I don't know about you, but if there's something worth giving my life to this year, it's being the church. It's being who God has called me to be. And nothing really else matters. And when you put him number one in your life, everything else seems to fall into place. Amen? So what I want to do, the band's just going to play for a little bit right now, and I want you to take out that sheet. And I want you to look at it and say, God, what do you want to do through me in this church? And just fill in that blank. God, how are you calling me into the game? And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you come up afterwards. This is for everybody, right? This is positive peer pressure right here, right? Everybody's going to do it. Underneath your chairs, most chairs, there is a Sharpie. If there's not one under your chair, get to know the person next to you and borrow theirs. Write with a Sharpie so we can see it. I want you to write in on that blank, and then if you feel comfortable, write in your name as well. Because step one in being a great team, we gotta know each other. Do you know the people that are sitting around you? Probably not today, some of you. How is God calling you to be a part of his team? How is God calling you to be a part of the church? So write that down, and here's what we're gonna do. After the band plays this final song, we're gonna have four different stations up here in the front. This is our response today. To say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And they're going to have cameras and we want you to come on up. Don't worry. Everybody's going to do it. Come on up and you're going to hold up your sign and say cheese. And what we're going to do is in the next week, we're going to form this huge display, this huge collage out in the lobby. And that's why it's important that you write your name on there so that you can get to know the other people in this church and from the other services and get to know what are they passionate about? What do they love to do? How can I come alongside them and help with their dream, with their passion, what God's called them to do? Folks, it's time to be the church. It's time to play the game. Don't, don't rush it. We'll be here. 
few people can come up at a time. We'll have stations up here towards the front. And after you've taken your picture, you can keep that. Put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror, put it wherever you're gonna see it to remind yourself that you are not on the bench, you are not in the bleachers, you are in the game. Folks, it's Rally Sunday. It's time to kick off this year, amen? Every ounce of me wants to punt this football, but I'm not going to. Instead, let's stand, let's worship, and let's sing to God. Here we go. 